Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. We, we're wrapping up today a series of messages that we've been calling Let's Talk About, and we've been dealing with some different topics. We, we started by talking about how as Christians we are salt and light, that we are called to be different and make a difference in the world. We, we find the foundation for that in our commitment to God's word, and we talked about that. Then we talked about the fact that Jesus is coming again and how that gives us an eternal perspective on the ways that we live. We talked about dealing with doubt. We, we talked about issues of life, and in particular, the sanctity of human life. We talked about issues like abortion and euthanasia. We, we looked last week at our own lives and how do we live our lives in light of the interaction we have with those that may not share our faith. And I kind of intended in this series maybe to kind of go after a couple other kind of big topics, and today was going to wrap it up. And, and, and I just felt like the Lord was, was redirecting things a little bit, kind of to where, where he was putting in my heart for us today that there will always be challenges that come our way, culturally, socially, politically, relationally. There will always be hot topics. But maybe instead of looking at the issues today, it was important that we look at the solution. Because I'm gonna guess in some way or another, your, um, your leadership is challenged. And you might go, I don't lead anything. But God has called you to lead in your home. You, you are to serve him in one way or another. God has put you in a place, if, if we can call leadership influence, God has put you in a place of influence. And somewhere that influence is going to be challenged. Like there's gonna be moments where either culturally or, or relationally in, in some way or another, you're gonna face challenges in that and you need to know when those issues come, how do I respond to those issues? Because, and, and I, I'm becoming more and more convinced of this, if I haven't been in a place where I'm ready for the challenges, it's hard for me to navigate the challenges when they come. Th this was a situation that Moses found himself in. Moses in the Old Testament, that's why we're in Exodus 33. God, God had called him to lead God's people. So if you remember, the, the, the children of Israel, the Jewish people, were slaves in Egypt. God used Moses' leadership to lead them out of captivity. Now they're, they're wandering in the wilderness and they're on their way to what God has called the promised land. Now this is before kind of all the difficulties that they had. And this is before God finally had to, had to say to them, look, I'm, I'm closing the door to the promised land until the next generation. If you're not familiar with the story, you can read about that in the first five or six uh, books of the Bible. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We call those the Pentateuch. And then the next book, Joshua, talks about how they went into the promised land. But at this point, Moses is beginning the process. He's given them uh, the law. He is in the process of, of getting ready to lead them. And he says this to them. Look at the challenge that he has here. Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You ever felt like that? <laughs> God, you're asking me to do something, but you're not telling me how to do it. You ever been there where you just have questions? So you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you found favor with me. Moses is given by God two really interesting things in this verse. One is a job. Like God, God has told him, go lead these people. There's a responsibility that comes with that. And I suppose if you think for a few moments, there's, there's multiple places in your life where you can think about responsibility that you have in one way or another. He's also been given a promise from God, a little bit to do with his identity. 
Moses, I, I know you by name and I'll, I'll be with you. I, I will give you my favor. You ever felt like Moses? Where it seemed like there was something you had to do but you didn't know how to do it. There was a challenge you were facing. There was a responsibility but you didn't know how you'd do your job. There was this identity challenge that you had because maybe you weren't fully sure who you were or if God had the right person to do it. I mean, think of the challenges that Moses is facing here. For one, he's facing a geographical challenge because he's got to move people from one place to another. Some of you almost lost your faith because you had to get your family to church today, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Moses has a million people in his family, or more actually, and he's got to move them through desert, harsh conditions from one place to another. And we see it multiple times in this story, there's times where they don't have food. There's times when they don't have water. He's got a real geographical kind of physical challenge in front of him. He also has a military challenge because the whole way there's people who do not want the Israelites to succeed. They're going to come across neighbors who become enemies at times. And even to the point, because at some point God's saying, I want you to move into this land, but part of moving into this land will be the need that other people move out of this land. And so he has to lead them in some really tricky times. But I can tell you, and if you've ever read these, these five, first five books of the Bible, you, you know this is true. His geographical challenge and his military challenges do not compare with the leadership challenge he had with his own family. Like the, the million plus Israelites were stubborn. They were moody. How many times when you read do they say, we should have just stayed slaves in Egypt. They consistently resisted his leadership. They complained against God. He had a real challenge against them the whole time. Moses had a difficult family to deal with. Some of you can relate, right? <laughs> right? And, and so you think of his challenges. How about you? Like we face unique cultural challenges. I think more than any other time in, in recent history, there's decreased spirituality. There's a lack of biblical engagement. There's social and cultural trends that seem to push against the truths that we know from scripture, which bring new challenges to the church every day. Instead of dealing with some controversial topics, I thought maybe it might be better if we just talked about the solution. Like not, not what's wrong with the culture, but maybe about what should be right with us those of us who lead, because some of you lead here in, in the church and there are challenges that come with that. Some of you are leaders in our community. In fact, I'm, be, I'm becoming more and more convinced all the time that more of us who are followers of Jesus Christ should be open to and find places where we can lead in our community. Some of you are leaders in your job or on your school. You're a, you're a leader in your neighborhood or in your family. Those of you um, that are parents, especially, you are leading in your home. And God has given us a responsibility Somewhere in your life, you have a responsibility to be used by him. Like Moses, he's given you a job to do. And also like Moses, God has given you an identity. He knows your name. God knows who you are. Even if you feel isolated and separated from him, he knows who you are. And he knows how he wants to give you his favor. So just like Moses you have a responsibility, but you also have these big challenges. You know that God's with you, but here's the tricky part. When you face those challenges, what do you do? Like if we were honest and we just kind of went around the room, every one of us would be able to go, this is the challenge that I'm facing. If you thought about it for a moment, you'd know what it was. And then you say, God, how do I navigate this challenge? Well, look what Moses says next to God. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, next verse. He's, he's identified the challenge. God, I don't know what to do. And then he says, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. 
Remember that this nation is your people. What an honest prayer. He says, look, God, if you really want me to do this, like, like if you're pleased with me, can, can you just help me to know you? God, I gotta know your ways. Because I could try to make this up. I could try to do this on my own. I could try to lead my family or succeed in life or make an impact in the lives of others, but I'm not gonna be able to do it on my own. So he says, God, will you lead me? And he highlights something that, that maybe, I, I, I hope you really get a hold of this today. When we face difficult responsibilities, we need divine relationship. Like when you face difficult responsibilities in your life, in your parenting, in your home, on your job, in your community, just internally in yourself, when you face difficult responsibilities, what you need is a divine relationship you need that relationship with God that makes all the difference. Jesus identified it this way. This is in the New Testament, John 15, five. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, look, if you want to accomplish something, and I know so many of you do, like so many of you have dreams of what you want to see God do in your life and in your family. If you want that to happen, you will face challenges like Moses, but Moses says, God, I can't do this unless, unless I know you, I know your ways. And Jesus says, without me, you won't accomplish anything, so you need to stay connected to me. That analogy that he uses made so much sense to them in the first century. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. What happens to a branch if you cut it off from the vine? Anybody? It withers and it dies, why? Because the life flows through the vine like the, the, the food and the life for those branches and to grow that fruit comes from the vine. And if you separate the branch from the vine, the vine has no life left in it. The challenge so many of us face is we're trying to produce fruit. We're trying to be alive and yet we've kept a slim if no connection back to the vine. And we need to find a way to say, God, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna navigate the challenges in my life, then I have to know you. God, show me your ways. Let me know who you are. Let me stay connected to Jesus. One of the challenges that I'm, that I'm seeing as God kind of shines a spotlight in my life is to say, Chad, day in, day out, moment by moment, hour by hour, decision by decision, word by word, how connected are you to Jesus? How many times in your life when you, when you have to make a decision, do you... Do you pause even for a nanosecond and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Like, God, help me to have the right words here. Jesus, what would you want me to do here? Because he says, look, you don't have to live this life on your own. You don't have to face challenges by yourself. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. The point is this. You can have a place of connection where the life from God will flow through you to produce fruit so you can be alive and vibrant and make a difference in this world. But it comes if you'll say, how do I stay connected to Jesus? Like that, it, that imagery of the, of the vine would have made a ton of sense to Jesus' disciples because in just a little while, they're gonna go walking from the upper room where they are to the Garden of Gethsemane and they'll pass through vineyards to get there. They would pass by the, the temple gate, the main gate to the temple on their way to the Mount of Olives and carved across the, the temple gate was a vine because in that season of time, a vine was the symbol, it was the national symbol of Israel. So there was this massive golden vine that was carved over the great gate to the temple. And where the grapes were, there were jewels and, and rubies that were there to symbolize that. There was this massive imagery. They knew what it meant when he said, 
I'm the vine, you're the branches. And as they take this walk, they understood we'll have no life if we're not connected to him. The, the same thing's true, I, I guess, if, if you need another analogy, the, the same thing's true if you think about a child in the womb. How does the child get the nourishment? The nourishment comes because it's connected through the umbilical cord. That's, I didn't say that right, did I? Through the umbilical cord to the mother, right? And what flows through there? Life. You have to stay connected. Some of you, the even more powerful analogy and what will probably give you a panic attack here in just a moment you ever been in a spot where you lose your cell signal? <laughs> right? You go in a basement of some building or something. Happens, happens like when I visit people in the hospital sometimes. You get in an elevator. And you look at your phone. It says no service. And you're pretty sure it's Armageddon. Right? It, that happens. <laughs> because why? We live so much of our life being connected that when we don't have that connectivity, we're not so sure what to do. What if we felt that same way about our connection to Jesus? Because I think in so many ways, we cruise through life on our own. And he says, look, without me, you can do nothing. Fruit comes from a connection to Jesus. So let's, let's, let's pause for just a minute if that's true. Right, go back to Moses. Moses says, God, I got a challenge. I want you to help me. I need to know your ways. I need to know what you would have for me to do. But what keeps us from being connected? If you're facing a challenge, you need to be connected to Jesus. What causes us to lose that connection? Like, let's, let's pause and ponder that question for a moment. What keeps us from being connected? Let me throw a couple things your way. One of the things I think that keeps us from being connected is sin, isn't it? Sin disconnects us. That when I choose to do what I want to do instead of doing what God would have for me to do, it, it kind of unplugs me from him. It disconnects because what sin does naturally is it builds this barrier between my unrighteousness and God's righteousness. So then it disconnects us. I think pride also disconnects us. Because when I, when I get too prideful or too full of myself, and um, that shows up in so many different ways. Sometimes pride shows up in arrogance, and other times pride shows up in, in a low self-esteem. But when my focus is too much on myself, what begins to happen is I dismiss myself from God, or even more, I dismiss God from myself. And it disconnects us. So sin will disconnect us. Pride will disconnect us. Doesn't busyness disconnect us? Anybody busy? Raise your hand if you're busy. <laughs> yeah, how many of you are too busy to raise your hand? <laughs> right, that's life. We're just busy. And we're so busy that so many times the most important thing for us to do is to connect to get where we need to go. But if we don't connect, we don't have the strength that we need, but we're so busy. Th this week, I had to run some errands and I realized that, that um, my gas tank was, was low and I kept wanting to go, you know, you, you say to yourself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this other place because I know that the gas is cheaper because I'll save 43 cents, you know, kind of thing. But you, just in your mind, it's like I won because I got the cheapest gas. So, but my, I hadn't been that direction yet. So my gas tank had gotten really, really low. And so I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just pull in real quick because if I run out of gas, it's not good. So I ran in, got a few bucks because I'm cheap, you know, and then I, and I took, but I had enough to get where I needed to go. And then three days later, it was the same thing again where I'm pulling in real quick, you know, because, because I hadn't taken the time to really connect and get fueled up because I'm such a busy man. I'll be an embarrassed man on the side of the road when I run out of gas, right? You know what I had to do? I had to finally go, Chad, you're a goofball. Go fill this tank up. 
But sometimes we get so busy, we get so busy that we miss it. And it's interesting because I think these things, sin, busyness, pride, oftentimes we dismiss them because we think, well, I go to church on Sundays and I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna go to prison but for the sins I've committed. You know, we, we, we minimize those things in our lives, our temptations, our faults, our attitudes, those things. And we dismiss them almost like they're just kind of little distractions and we fail to see that they can disconnect us. Like we, we treat them almost like they're squirrels. Do you know, do you know how, have you ever seen that, that squirrel, that kind of idea, that kind of ADD idea that you're somewhere, a squirrel just kind of distracts you? Do you know what I mean? Right, there's that, there's that concept. Christmas Eve 2015, Robert Lee was getting ready for his, his wedding on, on Christmas Day the next day. He was in southern part of the United States with his family when he got a phone call that there had been a power outage and the grid had shut down in the Ukraine. You might go, why call a guy in the United States? Because he was a top expert and a top security expert on these things. And you know what he said to himself? He says, I think it's a squirrel. Because so many times when, when, when the grid kind of goes down, when there's major power outages, it has to do with rodents or squirrels or something that gets somewhere it shouldn't and trips a breaker and, and it's a mess. So on the night before his wedding, he just kind of thought to himself, well, that's probably just the squirrels. It's just a distraction. But what happened is as it, as it so led into and what actually pulled him away from his wedding reception the next day is that there had been cyber warfare that had happened in Ukraine and the Russians had found a way to shut down the grid in the Ukraine. It was an act of cyber terrorism. And he thought it was just a distraction. He thought it was just the squirrels. But as you read the article, what you find out is that it was a very devious attempt by an enemy to try to shut something down, to try to disconnect someone in order to bring harm. You know you have an enemy like that, right? And so many times the things that you think are a distraction, just little things, you're busy, a little bit prideful, it's not that big of a deal. So many times those things that try to distract us and keep us from God's presence, from being connected to Jesus, are not just distractions, it's our enemy that disconnects us. Because if your enemy can keep you away enough from God's presence, if the devil can keep you away enough from being fueled up and rejuvenated and connected to Jesus, then in those times he finds you vulnerable and then he can, he can wreak havoc in your life. It is so critical that you understand this. Go back to Moses. Moses is facing this big challenge. And he says, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I just know this. Would you show me your ways? God, would you let me know who you are? This is really important because earlier God had gotten upset with the Israelites because of how, how just belligerent they had been. And he says, Moses, you can go in the promised land, but I'm not going with you. Like, I, I, can't, I can't take it anymore. And now Moses is saying, God, I just, I need you. And watch what God says, Exodus 33, verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Like when you read the whole story, you, you see what a big deal that is. God says, Moses, I know the challenge you're facing, so my presence will go with you. There's incredible power in God's presence. My, my heritage, our history as, as a church, is we're, we're people of God's presence. Like I believe that God's presence is at work in our lives. And I also believe this, that some of you, when you walk in this building on Sundays, you sense God's presence like, like in a way that you don't any other time during the week. 
Because we believe that God's presence is a powerful thing. That word there, if you go back to the original Hebrew that the, that the, the, the book of Exodus was written in, the word there is face. Like God is saying, my face will be with you. I like that more than, than presence. God says, my face will be with you. Because presence is a little creepy, isn't it? Like, I felt your presence, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it moves, but it, it's, it's God's face. Like, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Where do we show our emotion, especially our, our, our joy with someone, our pleasure with someone? We show it on our face. God says in, in, in Psalm 4, 6, he says, let your face shine upon me. Like there's something powerful about the fact that God's face is with us. And he says, my, my face, my presence will be with you and you will find rest. There's, there's rest in God's presence. That's where we find it. So watch what happens. Go, go back to the beginning again. Moses says, I have a challenge, but God, I need you. And God says, my presence will be with you. Right, Moses, I'm right there with you. And I don't think that was a promise just for Moses. I think it's one that you can take to the bank that God's face is on you and that he will bring you rest. Some of us look for rest in so many different places. How many of you feel led of the Lord to have a nap in the next 24 hours? Can I get an amen? Right, I do. <laughs> That's, I think sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is to take a nap. But you know where you find true rest? When you take your challenges and you hand them over to the Lord. When you do that by spending time in his presence, Sometimes that means we need to deal with the things that disconnect us, right? The sin, the pride, the busyness, understanding where the enemy wants to distract us. But watch what Moses says next. Go back to the text, Exodus 13, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. See, Moses had all kinds of incredible promises from God. That God was gonna prosper them that God was gonna give them land. And Moses said, God, I don't want any of it if you're not there. If you're not going, I ain't going. If you're not gonna be there, I don't wanna be there. If your presence doesn't go up from here, don't, don't send us because if you're not there, I don't wanna be there. It's a powerful statement to say, I don't wanna do this on my own. God, I need your help. I don't even want this thing to start without you. Jesus said it, without me, you can do nothing. And yet we try to do so much without him. When was the last time you really thought to yourself, God, I don't wanna do this if you're not in it. God, would you lead me? God, would you guide me? When was the last time that you really just said, God, I just need, I need to know and experience your presence. And Moses says, God, if you're not in it, I don't want anything to do with it. Anybody hear what happened to the Pope last Sunday? Every Sunday, like clockwork, at the Vatican, St. Peter's Square, at noon, every Sunday, there's a, there's a mass where the Pope gives his, his papal address to the people. And, it's, and it literally starts at noon, like religiously. Huh? It, 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 uh, you know, it happens that way. So last Sunday, thousands of people, and 12 o'clock hits, and there's no Pope. 12.03, this is weird. 12.05, this can't be good. 12.07, Pope Francis finally walks out. He's got a smile on his face. He says, I wanna apologize that we started late today. For the last 25 minutes, I've been stuck in an elevator. The Pope got stuck in an elevator on Sunday morning. Do you know how happy that makes me? Because, this is therapeutic, so if you just help me out here for a minute. 
Monday through Saturday, things are fine around here. Do you know when things go wrong around here on Sunday mornings? So to know that it happens to the Pope too, I feel really good about that. The Pope got stuck in an elevator for 25 minutes on Sunday morning and it makes me feel better about myself, amen? <laughs> it's also interesting that for those minutes, they said, hey, we can't, st- we can't start without the Pope. Like he's, he's, he's the Pope. Mr. Pope, we're not starting until you get here. Like we gotta wait for you. But do we think that way about God? When was the last time you said, God, I don't wanna do it without you? God, I, I, I need your strength in this. Lord, our marriage is gonna struggle without you. I'm not gonna know how to raise these kids, God, unless you help me. Lord, I, I feel all this pressure at work, but I'm not, I'm not sure what route to go. I don't know what decision to make about the house or the car. God, I, I'm not sure exactly what you would have for me to do, but when's the last time you humbly just said, God, I see that there's a great road in front of me, but I don't wanna go if you're not going with me. I don't wanna do this on my own. Look, you, you can do stuff without God. You might even be very successful without God. But at the end of the day, it will lack fulfillment and it will lack effectiveness and it will lack anointing. And you will look back and say, I wonder if I wasted something in that. It's so much better to say, God, unless your presence goes with me, I don't wanna go. Lord, where's your presence? It's a good question. Like for some of you, you would say, okay, cool, Chad, I I like that. And I would agree with Moses, right? If God says his presence will go with me and Moses says, I don't wanna go unless it does, but how do I spend time in his presence? How do I find his presence? And I would encourage you so much of it, just like the vine and the branches that Jesus talked about, it's just staying connected to him. It's, It's acknowledging, God, my life comes from you. It flows through you. So many times my frustrations come when I try to do it and I forget that he's the one that wants to do it through me. Does that make sense? Like, so, so it may mean that you need to spend some time with him. It may also mean that you may need to, in some ways, like eliminate some time you spend in some other places or with some other people or doing some other things. To say, God, if this is taking the life out of me, I need to rearrange that so you're putting the life into me. I would encourage you, a huge part of his presence is staying humble. It's being connected to Jesus. It's moments when you don't know what to do or when you feel alone saying, Holy Spirit, I need your help. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to, do you really want his presence in your life? Because he, he, wants, he wants to give it. So are you willing to humble yourself and say, God, I just, I just want, I want your presence. God, I want your presence. I remember back in 1988, I think I've told this story before, but back in 1988, a group of us from our church youth group uh, went out bowling one night after our youth service, and there was this new girl in the youth group named Rhonda. <laughs> she was going, and so I, I kind of arranged it in such a way so that as we drove the 15 minutes to the bowling alley, it's like, hey, you, you need a ride, like, like you, can, you can ride with me. So I had those 15 minutes in the car just me and her, because I'm smooth like that. <laughs> and uh, then I got to take her home afterwards. Do you know, do you know the next couple of days I had this funny little smile on my face? Do you know what I'm talking about? Guess what I kept thinking about? Man, I want to be in her presence. I want to be with her again. It's like we had talked and we had traded phone numbers. We used, it was, it's so archaic. We used to do this thing where there was a thing on a wall with a cord and we would put a number in it and we would talk to each other. 
craziness, craziness. It's like we had traded phone numbers. And because, uh, you know, it was smooth like that. <laughs> Thought about calling her. I never did, though, because I'm also chicken like that. That was, that was uh, <laughs> that's how it went. And then one, night, one day I was out mowing the grass at home, and I came in, and the phone was ringing. I was the only one home, and I, I came in, and I answered the phone, and it was Rhonda because, you know, she's not dumb. And um, <laughs> no, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's just a little joke. Just a little joke. You were falling asleep and trying to wake things up. And, and we had a really good talk. And I was like, hey, you want to you go out sometime? And of course. She, I mean, she's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. And so, um, so we, we set a date. And, you know, I went to her house. And I picked her up. Had to leave my house. Left my house. Went to her house. Picked her up. And we went out to eat. And then we went and saw a movie. And I paid for everything. We saw Field of Dreams. Remember Field of Dreams? I walked out and said, baby, I can make all your dreams come true. You know, like that was... <laughs> You know, that's how that worked. And... Sorry. Uh, but here we are, all these years later, right? So every day, she's stuck in my presence, and I enjoy hers, you know? It's interesting because I had to step out of my comfort zone, and it cost me. Oh, it's cost me a lot. It cost me something, right? But worth every penny, because there's something powerful about another's presence. Look, some of you are like, I really would like God's presence in my life, but you don't do anything to show him that. Like, when, when are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? When, when have you ever, ever put yourself in a place, like, like spiritually, I would say, to come to an altar and, and maybe kneel, or to kneel at your bed, or to turn off the radio in your car for just a moment, or maybe to fast for a meal or a couple of days, or just to say, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I just, I just need you. There's, there's a hunger that comes to say, God, I want your presence. And it may cost you something, right? But it's so worth it to say, God, I just, I need your presence in my life. I think he is so honored when we say, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just know I need your presence. Because watch what Moses says. Moses says, God, if you're not going, I'm not going. Verse 16, he says, because how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people? unless you go with us. And what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You gotta hear what he's saying here. He's saying, look, God, if I'm gonna be effective in this challenge, I need your presence. When he says, how will other people know that we're your people? He's not just talking about name tags and t-shirts. He's talking about victory, right? Because God, if you've called us to be victorious people, they're not gonna know it unless you go with us. We find victory in his presence, and some of you are up, you're coming up against struggles and challenges in your life. And maybe the place where you're going to find the, the door to break through is, is when you spend some time in his presence. And for others of us, you know, he also says there, what will distinguish me and your people from the rest of the earth? We also find our identity in his presence. Look, some of you may be struggling with self-worth or inadequacy or past pain or rejection or fear, and you're wondering who you are. What you need to do is spend some time in God's presence where you can hear him say who you are, that you are his son or you are his daughter and you are love and there's a great plan for your life, but you won't hear those things if you're listening to other voices. You're not gonna hear it until you're quiet enough and you're in his presence. Does that make sense? There's something powerful about his presence. And so today we're going to spend some time in his presence. In just a moment, the worship team's gonna come and we're gonna sing a song about being in God's presence. And just so you know, if you're here today and you'd say, oh, I know things aren't right between me and God. I need forgiveness and strength from him. As we sing this song, it's as simple as saying, God, I give myself to you.
as you're in his presence. And maybe you need healing today in some way in your life. And what a great opportunity to say, God, I'm in your presence. Would you touch me? For some of you need strength. You're you're not gonna find strength any other place so clearly than when you're connected to Jesus. But ultimately, it's not about what you get from him. It's about being with him, right? We're gonna sing this song that that says, I'm not here for blessing because Jesus, you don't owe me anything, but more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Because the, the, the issues are all out there. No matter what the issue or challenges you're dealing with, the solution to it starts when you say, God, I don't wanna go if you don't go. God, I can't do this without you. There's no life if I'm not connected to you. God, what I need is to be in your presence. And especially if you're in a storm right now. Like if you're, if you're in a difficult season right now, if you don't know what to do right now, man, do you need his presence. About a week ago when... The, the forecasts were showing that, that Hurricane Dorian was probably gonna go right across Florida. Do you remember that? How like the forecast changed, but the early models had it like going right over Orlando. Reporters were in a mall in Orlando and they were interviewing people and asking them, what are you going to do? How are you preparing for the storm? And they talked to this one guy and he said, well, I'm probably just gonna do what I do every time. He says, typically, I just kind of hunker down at home. I've, I've, got a, I've got a good house, I've got a generator, I've got all these kind of things. He says, who I worry about is my mom. She's 88 and she lives on her own. So whenever there's a storm like this that comes along, I I send her to one of the resorts at Disney World. What? Like, I I thought, what do you mean? You send your 88-year-old mom to Disney World. I'm pretty sure she and Pluto aren't gonna ride out the storm together, right? That was was my thought. Until he explained it. Because the reporter was like, excuse me? He said, yeah, she's 88, so I usually send her to one of the Disney hotels. He says, because if you think about it, when was the last time a storm went through Florida and you heard there was great destruction to property at Disney because they build it so well with the thought in mind that it's got to withstand a storm. And he said, they have their own water system. They have their own electrical system there. So when everybody around them loses power and loses water, Disney never does because, because they have those resources and they always have good food that's there for my mom. And there's usually something for her to do. So whenever there's a storm, I just, I send my mom to Disney because I know that that's the place that I want her to be because she'll be protected there in the midst of the storm. And I thought, that's a good idea. Right out of hurricane with Mickey. I mean, I, okay, all right. But if, you, if you're in the middle of a storm, where do you think is the best place for you to be? Physically, yeah, some of you are like, I'll go to Disney. Do you know where you really need to be is in God's presence? Because he's the one that has all the resources that you need. The Bible says that he's the one who's our strong tower. The Bible says he's the one who gives us wisdom and insight. So if there's any place you need to be more than any other place, do you know where you need to be? You need to be right there in his presence. So will you stand with me? And I'm, I'm just gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a moment. Whether you're in this room or you're in auditorium too, or you're watching this on a screen somewhere. And if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands to the Lord in this moment? Kind of just in a posture of openness before we even sing a word of this prayer. Would you just in your heart, right where you are, just be open to say, God, I need to be connected, Jesus, to you. Wherever you're sending me, I don't wanna go without you. Lord, if there's things that are disconnecting me from your presence, would you help me to see and identify those? And God, if I need to step out of my comfort zone, even if it's gonna cost me something, God, I just want your presence today. Let's pray. Father, in this moment, we invite your presence. 
Lord, we've, we've got some time and, and we're here. Lord, would you allow us to experience the beauty of your presence? Not, Lord, for anything that we can get from you, but, Lord, just because of who you are. Because that without you, we are nothing. Because you've promised to let your face shine on us. So in these moments, Father, would you open us up? Would your presence be here in a powerful way? We ask this in Jesus' name. Let's sing this prayer together. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to You don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. When I just sing another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot you're enough and take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm caught up in your presence I'm caught up in your presence and I just want to
looking at a clock, not wondering what's next. But can you just quiet your own heart? I I just feel it's critical for some of you to maybe even cross a a certain line of faith today or, or take a step that you've not taken before. To say, Jesus, I need to be connected to you family, my business, my decisions, my temptations. I don't want anything else but you. Lord, I I could do it or I could keep doing it on my own. But if you're not going, I'm not going. I want nothing else but your presence, God. You've got to settle that in your heart right now, this moment. I just feel like there's, there's somebody who's just got to come to a point and say things have to be different from this point on. It can't just be me. God, I need your presence. Patrick, one more time. Can we sing that? I'm caught up in your presence. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that 
the words of this song just kind of resonate through our hearts all through this week. Father, I pray for some of us, we'd wake up different tomorrow with a, with a hunger for your presence like we haven't known before. God, may other people sense and see that there's something different about us because we've, we've been around you, that we would act more like you, Jesus, that we would think more like you, that we would, would live more like you because of being in your presence. Lord, that you would change us. We can't face our challenges alone. Thank you, Lord, that your face shines on us, that you'll give us rest and that you'll go with us. Now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you would, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Go in his presence. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.